to Iran, where you've no doubt been aware of the ongoing protests there uh, this week after the death of a 22-year-old Kurdish woman, Masa Amini, who was detained by the notorious morality police in Tehran for allegedly breaking hijab rules. The police told her father she was being taken away for re-education and would be released later that night, but she turned up in hospital in a coma and she died a few days later, tragically. Now, the question we'd like to explore today here on Saturday Extra is whether what appears to be spreading protests, including here in Australia, are unusually significant for the Islamic Republic or not, whether they might grow to become internal dissent on a threatening level. Jasmine Ramsey is Deputy Director of the New York-based Centre for Human Rights and Iran, and she joins me now. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Look, before we drill down a bit more, what's your assessment of this broad question? Is this the beginning of something that we really need to understand more or is it, dare I say, just another uh, outgrowth of great emotion but it'll go away? Um, This protest is really part of the evolution of Iran's protest movement in the last six years. Um, We keep seeing uh, members of all facets of society coming out into the streets and venting their anger. The direction that it will go will uh, depend on the extent to which the government responds with lethal force. And we're seeing a lot of that based on the information that's just trickling in. You have to understand that Iran is right now under an Internet blackout. Phone access is difficult. Um, So we're getting the numbers of deaths and arrests very uh, slowly, but we expect them to rise very quickly. Uh, and you are, so how are you relying on, on, on get, getting latest evidence then? Do you, do you have a bit of guesswork involved, is there? Right. I mean, there's sources on the ground that we deal with and that many uh, um, other human rights organizations as well as Persian media outlets are working with. Um, You know, you might even know people in Australia that have uh, Iranian relatives that they're trying to reach right now. So eventually we'll be able to confirm everything. But so far, we've confirmed 36 deaths. The Iranian government yesterday said 17. Again, we expect that number to rise. Um, do you think it is um, an? Im- will we look back and see this as an important marker boy on the end of the Republic, uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran, as we've known it, or again not? I'm just trying to assess uh, how much you weight this. No one can predict uh, the the direction that an organic, spontaneous protest movement will go. Um, Again, it really depends on the extent to which the government responds with force and also how much um, world leaders and international coverage stays focused on Iran. Uh, We at the Center for Human Rights in Iran are calling on all world leaders, especially uh, officials that have relations with Iranian officials, to question them and ask them why they're not allowing people to protest, why they're sending heavily armed state security forces out into the streets and banging on people's doors and taking them to jail and calling it a preventative action as the judiciary chief did today. Uh, That pressure and that kind of focus needs to stay on Iran. This uh, movement... I think you say it is grassroots, independent, leaderless. Uh, So it's it is truly, and and of course it's is it led by women. Um, 
the the the, mm-hmm. uh, the regime itself, of course, is doing its classic thing of saying it's it's uh, being fermented from outside. Certainly, and that's kind of the mo of the Islamic Republic since its inception. Anyone that disagrees with it, anyone that criticizes its policies from within the country, is uh, accused of being a foreign agent. But we have thousands of people in cities all over the country coming out and shouting things like death to the dictator and we will take our country back. So to say that all these people are foreign agents is absolute ridiculous uh, talk. And um, yeah, so of course, it's very important to keep this focus on. And also, you talk about being leaderless. Iran has countless political prisoners all around the country. Uh, it, it should also be called upon to free these political prisoners, some of whom could be leaders for this movement. Women are at the forefront, aren't they, of these protests? And they're very bravely burning their headscarves. They're even cutting their hair in public and shouting death to Khamenei, the supreme leader. How deep and widespread, in your judgment, is the anger among women about this incident? Yeah, I mean, it's truly remarkable to see the extent to which women are front and center. I don't want to understate their presence in protests throughout the last decades. Women have been leading protests in Iran since as early as the beginning of the revolution when the forced hijab law was first imposed. Um, But right now we're seeing so many women, young women and older women, uh, standing in the streets and risking imprisonment and their lives taking off their hijab and uh, shouting a resounding no, not only to to that law, which is, you know, the hijab should be a a choice, not a tool of repression as the state has made it into. So they're not only saying no to that, but they're also saying that they want an end to the crisis of impunity that's rampant within the Iranian government and which has led to things like Masa Amini's death and, and trauma to so many others. Well, go on a bit, a bit about what do you mean a culture of impunity? The Iranian government is not responsive to its people's demands. Whenever people try to carve out a space, and I'm talking about laborers, teachers, retirees, university students to try to protest, it comes in with an iron fist and tries to crush and muscle them. It throws people in prison simply for speaking the demands of the people. Um, So these people are out there risking their lives saying that they're not going to take it. They're not going to step down just because of that. Now, there have been... um other major protests, there was the, the so-called Green Movement of 2009, um, which had the middle classes very much uh, on the streets against election fraud. Mm-hmm. And that was in major cities, wasn't it? And then there were other major protests in 2017 and 2019 confined to poorer areas. Now, are these protests, from what you can glean, are they uh, straddling broader areas than that? Yes, absolutely. So they've hit major towns and cities. Um, as well as small towns, conservative towns, uh, places where, you know, the practice of child marriage is, is much more prominent than in the bigger cities. Um, they're really coming from everywhere. And it's really remarkable. Not only are women front and center, but they're also being joined by men who are standing side by side, all of them making one unified claim that seems to be from every city that we're seeing so far, which is death to the dictator. And that really means in the Iranian context that people don't want to live in a dictatorship. They want to have influence over their government's policies. 
Look, it is interesting that basically um, Iranian women had to were forced to wear the hijab uh, soon after the revolution. I'm reading actually from quite an interesting piece in the BBC website this morning. And they lost many mm-hmm. of their rights, including the right to travel, the right to work, the right to child custody over the age of seven. And there wasn't a lot of je- objection, I might add, at the time from men. Now there seems to be something different underway. What choices does the Republic have then? Uh, in the face, if this starts to grow, especially if it's sort of got this organic quality you're describing? Right. Well, the the Islamic Republic made the forced hijab a pillar of the revolution, which is why, despite decades and decades of women resisting it in small or loud ways like we're seeing now, I mean, I'm also talking about the fact that for years, women haven't been wearing the hijab conservatively. Uh, they push it back as far as they can, uh, which is why there are such things as the morality police sent out into the streets to try to force people into compliance. Uh, so these laws that are really aimed at keeping women um, out of the public eye uh, and under unequal to men, they should truly be abolished. And and that's what's really being called for there. It's just that in July this year, um, the President Raisi, of course, he's a very conservative man. And there were fears that there would be consequences for a very hardline man getting that role. He actually doubled down on this, didn't he? He called on all government entities to strictly enforce, quotes, chastity and hijab. And and he fundamentally sort of said any resistance to the hijab law was an organised promotion of moral corruption in Islamic society. So, I mean, there isn't a lot of room to move with that type of um, attitude around. The, 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 the beauty of what we're seeing on the streets is that despite this uh, system of repression and violence, so many people are standing together and really truly risking their lives to be heard to say no to that system. So that's something that we should really be paying attention to. And again, so important for world leaders to keep the focus on Iran, to call on uh, Iranian leaders to stop using violent force. And to allow the internet to be open too. Is it possible that, in fact, people inside the republic, uh, inside the regime itself, will be rattled by this and find a way to um, liaise with the protesters to ensure that it doesn't go further? Because you've also got tremendous poverty there, for instance. So, I mean, they've got to be really careful this doesn't morph into something vastly bigger, haven't they? Um, In the years past, the government has responded with force and um, a muzzling of voices. Just before these protests happened, they rounded up civil society leaders, prominent members, even directors, uh, teachers, uh, the the mothers of children who have been killed in past protests who have been seeking justice. so they really don't allow that kind of space, and it's difficult to predict how they're going to respond. But we do see a level of fury on the streets today like we've not seen before in many years. Now, I just must ask you, the woman, who, young woman who died was Kurdish. She'd come in from the provinces to visit Tehran, which is one of the things that's been reported she said to them all. And she, in fact, just had a bit of hair showing. She, she, was, she was dressed, from what I can read, you know, very conservatively. She just, she had fiddled with the hijab as you're sort of discussing. Uh, has the, have, is that a, an issue that she's from the Kurdish community? Is that a particularly, is that a community that the regime never takes its eyes off? 
that's that's not an issue here. Uh, what's more important there is to talk about sort of the arbitrary nature of these detainments uh, by a group that sort of operates with impunity on the streets. Um, we don't know. Masa fa- Masa's family said she was fully clothed. I mean, a video that the Iranian government put out that may or may not be Masa showed her fully, very, very covered. Um, but it, it's, it's less important to think about those things and much more important to think about the fact that they can't support their laws and their policies by just having them there. They literally need to send out and create special units of security forces to enforce them. And even with that, uh, people are still uh, fighting back. Um, and not only that, but people are also dying. They're pitting Iranians against each other. They're sending people to shoot at them and at, at, uh, unarmed civilians. And in some videos, we're even seeing security forces not doing anything. Uh, so really, that policy is the issue at hand. So just quite finally, what, should, what sign would you suggest our listeners look for to know that this is morphing beyond something, uh, a single issue? Well, I, I, I would, I would, the only thing I can ask the listeners to do is to call on their representatives to please make statements about Iran, to please call for the internet to be open, for companies to allow digital uh, communications to be free, and for their leaders to call on Iranian officials to stop uh, shooting at these protesters, to allow protests to be open, and to allow political prisoners to be freed. We'll watch with interest. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Thank you. Jasmine Ramsey is Deputy Director of the New York-based Centre for Human Rights in Iran.